On one of the many things you'll hear from someone who has the gift of teaching, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. People with this spiritual gift of teaching, let me tell you, they tell you the truth. They tell you the truth and you laugh and they tell you the truth and you cry. They tell you the truth and you're encouraged. They tell you the truth and you're a little discouraged because the truth is about you not being right with God. And I thank God for the teachers in my life that have spoken the truth to me no matter what. They spoke truth when I liked it. They spoke the truth to me when I didn't like it. They spoke the truth to me when it hurt. And they spoke the truth to me when it brought great joy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Someone has said, when you want to help someone, you tell them the truth. But when you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. All kidding aside, we need the truth and those who can clearly convey it. That's the gift of teaching, as we'll hear today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We've been learning all about the gifts mentioned in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. Today, it's the gift of teaching that receives our attention. Before we hear all about it, Pastor Ed begins with some review. Well, when we're learning about spiritual gifts, we're reminded that there's a place reserved for you in the body of Christ. That you and I have been uniquely placed in the body of Jesus to serve in a powerful way in these last days. And learning what our spiritual gifts are will help us not to waste so much time in life. Just to go for it. I mean, how many of us can look back on our lives and go, man, I threw a lot of time away. And knowing your spiritual gift will help you not to throw time away, but to serve God with joy in the power of His Spirit and not in the hand of your flesh. Of course, when we start talking about spiritual gifts, there are many problems surrounding. There's abuses, there's confusion. But one of the things I see most is that people just don't know what their gifting is. They don't know what that motivating gift is. We're looking at seven of them here in Romans chapter 12. The number seven is so special in the Bible. It speaks of completion. And what we find with these gifts is a completion of the gifts that God gives to his church. That if Jesus was on the earth today, this is how he would serve. This is how he would live in these giftings. But now by the power of the Spirit, we get to operate in these giftings and minister to people in Jesus' name. So God's placed you in the body to be used, to flow with his giftings, to step up both within the church and without the church, outside of the confines of the ministry here. Your giftings are to be used in this world to draw people to an understanding of his truth. That God would use you and me in these last days, it's so important. God doesn't desire us to be on the sidelines, to be idle, to sit around wondering what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to do it, but he wants us engaged in the ministry. So we pick up again in verse 6 of Romans chapter 12, and he says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And so by way of review, we looked at a few weeks ago the gift of prophecy. We defined it, this verbal gift, as declaring the truth. 
And God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to take his word and cause it to shine in a person's life. To be able to speak forth God's word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit into a particular time, into a particular situation, just to have the right word at the right time inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's more of a ministry through you that brings edification, that brings exhortation, that brings comfort to men. And we studied that all in one shot. And I encourage you, you can pick up any of the studies in CD or on the internet. You can grab them and catch up with us looking at each of the gifts. The second gift, notice, he says, if you have prophecy, go ahead and prophesy in proportion to your faith. So just go for it by faith. And then number two, the second gift we looked at in verse 7 is ministry. And for some of you, you circled ministry and wrote next to it, service. This is the gift of ministry or the gift of service. And this gift of ministry says, let us use it in our ministering or let us serve in our serving. This nonverbal gift of service, we defined as practicing the truth. This is really the truth in action that God has given to the church men and women that are supernaturally gifted They have this supernatural ability to see needs and fill them. They serve and serve and serve and serve. I mean, sometimes you ask them to do something, they do it and finish it. Sometimes you don't ask them to do anything at all, but they see it and immediately begin to fill that need, and you wonder, how did it get done? I'll tell you how it got done. Someone with the gift of ministry heard from the Holy Spirit, obeyed God, and did what needed to be done unto the Lord. And so sometimes you're asked, sometimes you're not asked, but you just have this supernatural ability. You love to serve. You don't really care about any attention. You don't really care about being known. You do things so much of what you do is behind the scenes, and you know you like it that way because that's your ministry unto the Lord. We come to the third gift today, and that is the gift of teaching. He says at the end of verse 7 there, he who teaches will do that in teaching. Serve with that gift. This verbal gift can be defined as explaining the truth. A teacher explains the truth. The word here in the original language is diadosko, and it literally means to instruct or to teach by the word of mouth. The idea is a person has information, gifted to teach, delivers that information verbally so that the person receiving it not only learns it, but understands it, and it changes their life. There is a desire with the person that has the gift of teaching to actually take God's word and influence someone into change. That's their desire. Those of you that have the gift of teaching love to communicate God's word in teaching and bringing change. There's an interesting facet of this word in the original language, and there's two parts to it. There is the delivery part, the teaching, the giving of information, but there's also an added part where in order to teach, you also love to learn. And so it's not just secondhand information, but you receive so that you might give. And so you have the giving of the information, but also the learning of the information. So when Paul talks about a, a leader being able to teach, the idea behind that phrase, not only able to teach, but also able to receive teaching and to learn. So God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to teach the Bible in a way that it can be understood in its meaning and also understood in how to apply it to our lives, the gift of teaching. Now, the Christian who teaches is divinely gifted with that special ability to interpret and present God's truth 
understandably. Remember I told you as we go through more of the gifts, they're going to overlap? Well, prophecy and teaching overlap. And prophecy has more of an emphasis on proclaiming the word. And there's that emphasis where you see a situation, God puts a word on your heart, a scripture on your heart, you proclaim that and you give God's word. So there's a proclamation part to prophecy. Teaching, on the other hand, is the ability to regularly, continually, and systematically give God's word in such a way where it instructs the hearers and it actually changes their lives. So it's not just an instant, but there's a relationship in teaching where teaching is the ability to go systematically and regularly, not just proclaiming, but with the idea of instructing someone through the Word of God. And we thank God for teachers today. I would dare say among us here that when you look at your life, God has blessed you somewhere along the way with a teacher that you just connect with. Well, a Bible teacher, maybe you met them growing up in the church you grew up in or a church that you were before, where before you moved, or someone on the radio, or somebody hooked you up with a CD and they're just a good, sound Bible teacher that every time you hear them teach, it just ministers to your heart because teachers are able to take the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit, it gets shot right to our hearts. And a good teacher, spiritually inspired by God, will not only bring great comfort and encouragement to the, to the hearers, but will also at times bring great discomfort to the hearers, especially as it relates to the Bible, because God likes to stir up things before you and I are able to see them and address them. And so you want to guard yourself. You know, I realize that in the gift of teaching, some of God's Word is just plain offensive to human beings. The Bible says as much. That the crucifixion and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, that the cross of Jesus Christ is offensive. Now you don't want to find pastors or teachers that try to stay away from the offensive parts of the Bible. God intended things to be offensive to grab your attention. To say, you know what? You cannot pay for your own sins. And the horrific crucifixion of Jesus Christ which automatically just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did God do again? He killed his own son. He sacrificed his only begotten son so that as his son not only died, but he was beaten and taken advantage of, that that's the way that God has chosen to save humanity? Yeah. Yeah, that in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, your sins can be forgiven. And so you want to have a, a teacher that you receive from. That's why... When you come into our fellowship here at Calvary, you know, we ask you to wait a while before you serve, about six months. We say, just wait. Just, just hang out here. You know, get involved and go to a small group, go to a men's ministry, women's ministry, get involved in a small group somewhere, come to the services, receive from the Word of God, because part of what God really needs to do in your heart here is that when you leave here, that you know that from this pulpit, God's Word connected to you and through you through the teaching. You don't want to be in a church where you don't connect with God's Word. You don't want to be in a church where it's all entertainment and hype and goofiness and flash and mirrors and smoke and all this weird stuff where the Word of God is not given a preeminent place. You don't want to be in a place when, when you leave here, you're like, oh, I don't get anything. Oh, man, blah, blah. What do he say? Blah. I don't understand him. I don't like him. I didn't like what he was wearing today. Why is it? Where's his glasses at? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? <laughs> You want to leave here knowing that God has spoken to your heart. 
Now, I recognize not all of you really even come here every week to be spoken to. Like, your attitude is like, I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm going to show up, and, and I'll be there, and I'll have some face time with people, but I'm not sure. You know, Ed, and in your mind, you're already praying, God, could you just help Ed? Just, maybe he can go just a little shorter this week. Is that all right, you know? Can, can he cover more than one word? Would that be okay with you, God? You know, can he just tell a few jokes that don't bomb or whatever it might be? And, and you start thinking through, and I realize that you're not even ready to receive all the time. And yet, through the systematic teaching of God's Word, you just being here, my prayer, or whoever's filling the pulpit the week that I'm not here, that God would connect with you. There's a lot going on in the church today that is trying to be passed off as Bible teaching, but it's not. It's not fruitful. It's not helpful. It's not edifying. It's not building people up. It's not equipping the saints for the ministry. And you and I, we need to be careful because the Bible warns us. He warns, the Bible warns you and the Bible warns me that in the last days, there are going to be people that heap up for themselves teachers, going to have itching ears, and we're going to find the people that will scratch our ears instead of the people that will tell us the truth. And people with this spiritual gift of teaching, let me tell you, they tell you the truth. They tell you the truth and you laugh, and they tell you the truth and you cry. They tell you the truth and you're encouraged. They tell you the truth and you're a little discouraged because the truth is about you not being right with God. And I thank God for the teachers in my life that have spoken the truth to me no matter what. They spoke the truth when I liked it. They spoke the truth to me when I didn't like it. They spoke the truth to me when it hurt, and they spoke the truth to me when it brought great joy. You know, the Word of God is like a two-edged sword. And it goes both ways. And so I dare say that many of you have had teachers in your life that God has just used to help you grow through the systematic teaching of the Bible. Now, the gift of teaching isn't just limited to the church. Now, the emphasis of our time in Bible study here is within the church. But this gift of teaching can be used outside of the church in teaching a number of different things. Let me, let me just paint a picture for you. Those of you that have this gift of teaching, it happens all over the place. You might be coaching a team. You might be uh, doing some training at work. You might be teaching something new at school. You might be a school teacher. And the way this gift of teaching comes is not only are you communicating information, but as you're training, as you're teaching, as people, you know, people are introducing themselves. Let's say you're a fourth grade teacher in the public school system. You got a new group of kids, and as the kids are introducing themselves, little Johnny over there in the corner shares, you know, my name is Johnny, and, and I'm new to the area, and my mom and daddy just got a divorce. And automatically, in your mind, something clicks where you're like, this class is more than two plus two for this kid. I'm going to teach him two plus two, but I'm also going to weave my way in, Lord willing, into his life to encourage him and to help him. Why? Because you have a supernatural gift. You have all kinds of great training. God's given you a lot of tools. But that supernatural gift, it takes a step further where you're not just interested in conveying information. You care about the people. And as they're introducing themselves or you're listening carefully, you're wondering, how can I use the material that I have here to connect me with these people individually and hopefully look for the open door to talk about Jesus with them in their lives? So it's not just within the church. It can be used without the church as well. Now, let's start to describe this person with the gift of teaching. A person with the gift of teaching will often just love to study and read and research. You just have a bent towards you that you love to read, you love to study, you love to research. You just have this joy that's spent in learning. 
You love to learn, you love to grasp, you love to master subjects. And then it's coupled with this tremendous love in just helping other people to learn and understand. Often you will exhibit a tremendous amount of patience with people as you're instructing them. It, it again, as believers, it's a supernatural patience, but you're able to convey information and you love to help people understand it. I mean, this is how it looks. If it takes you 100 hours of preparation, like if you have to stay up all night for weeks on end to communicate in just 20 minutes, like you'll spend 100 hours, but your only responsibility is 20 minutes, that's fine with you. As a matter of fact, if it takes 150 hours to make those 20 minutes the best for the people in front of you, you'll spend 120 hours of reading and research and prayer and preparation, and it doesn't bother you a bit. You love to read and you love to study, and it's just something that you love to do. A person with the gift of teaching generally doesn't want people to leave their presence without a clear meeting of the minds. So you have this gift of teaching, you have prepared all this time, and when you're communicating it, you want people to understand. And it makes you uncomfortable when they walk away from you not quite understanding what you were trying to say. I mean, from this vantage point, it's very clear when people get it and don't get it. And so teachers will often pray, you know, I hope they get it. I hope they get it. Now, if you're not a teacher, you might ask the question, well, get what? What exactly are you praying for? What do you want me to get? And the teacher won't be able to describe what get it really means because it's going to vary for different people. But there will either be people walking away with question marks on their forehead. It's like, hmm, they don't get it. And I don't like that they don't get it. And I'm going to work a little extra harder that they do get it. Or you'll see people walking away and it will just click for them. You'll be able to watch them. You go, you know what? They grasp that. They got it. Now, if you have the gift of teaching, you don't like people walking away with question marks on their forehead. You just don't like it. I mean, you might even be known that if they don't get it, you keep trying to explain it to them even when they've stopped listening to you. So you just got to know. I got, you got to know. Don't you get this? Don't you get that? You don't get that? And, and you're just focused on trying to explain it to them when they've already, they're already done, they, that you've given them. It may not have anything to do with you. You may have given them all the information that they can process in one minute, in one day, and that's all they can do. And so they're going to go, you know, different people learn different ways. Some people get it right away. Some people get it five days later. So with the gift of teaching, you have a hard time with people walking away from you that don't quite get it. You want a clear meaning of the minds on the topic that was discussed. Hey, let's bring it home a little more personal. If you have the gift of teaching, you usually place a high priority on accuracy and details. Why? Because you like to know not only the facts, but the reasons behind the facts. It helps you. It brings you great joy when you notice that someone understood what you were trying to give them. You know, <laughs> if you have the gift of teaching, you sometimes have a hard time giving a simple answer when you are asked a simple question. <laughs> what did you think of the weather today? I thought it was great. The barometric pressure was such and such. The humidity was here, and there was this cold front coming through. And did you watch the news? Did you see this? I got this printout. Everything about the weather. And all they wanted to know was, what did you think of the weather? You know, the answer that would have been acceptable was, it was cool. I liked it. That would have been enough. But for those of you with the gift of teaching, sometimes you have a hard time with just giving a simple answer. Like when people ask you, how was the weather today? They're actually just looking for an answer like, it was all right. I liked it. 
They're not looking for the barometric pressure or what the humidity was or what the weatherman said. They're just asking a simple question. And so let me make it easy for you. Those of you that have the gift of teaching, when someone asks you a simple question, give them a... Exactly. Just give a simple answer. They may want to go farther. They may not want to go farther. But you tend to want to go a lot deeper than people with you actually want to go. And so people get frustrated with you. People are like, you know, I asked a simple question. That's all. I just, I kept it simple on purpose. And you often give a lot more than is expected from the person asking you. That's a characteristic. Another one. You have the gift of teaching. You tend to ask a lot of questions. And you are curious almost to a fault. And so you're always asking questions. What about this? What about this? What about this? What about that? Did you think about this? Did you think about that? Did you? And like the people with you are like, no, 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 no. I didn't know. But because you like to grab and have a grasp of what you're dealing with, you tend to ask a lot of questions because you really want to learn about that topic. Here's another one. If you're, if you're a person that's gifted with the gift of teaching, you are usually a very self-disciplined person. You are self-motivated, self-disciplined, where in your life, nobody needs to give you a kickstart. You automatically see things and you jump in. You often notice lacks, a lack of information. For instance, even in a Bible study like this, I might go off in a direction and I might finish that point or that application, come back to the text, but you keep going. You're like, in your mind, you're like, you forgot this, Ed, you forgot that, you could have gone here. It would have been really great for you. I'm going to take notes and make sure next time maybe you could go there because that's the way your mind works. You love to go even farther than some people go because in going farther, in being curious, in going through the details, in your research, in your study, it makes you an excellent teacher where you tend to know a lot more than the people around you because that is just how God has motivated you, how he's built you, how you are spiritually wired. You love to teach. You know, another characteristic of those of you that have the spiritual gift of teaching is that you tend to look for Bible answers to everyday situations. You look for Bible. You might even be known as the person that always has his or her nose in that book because you just love to apply the Bible to life's situations, and so you're always studying it to find the right Bible answers to the situations around you. And when you see that lack in information, when you see that maybe somebody could have gone a little farther or there's a need, you immediately jump in and try to help get the right information to the right people. You know, when a person that has the gift of teaching tends to be able to, in a conversation, finish your sentence. Now, they're not always right. But many times they are, because in their mind, they're recognizing where you're going, what's going on, and they're kind of coming alongside and taking you there. And they can anticipate very well, because on the topic, like let's just say, let's just say you call up and you want to sit down with one of the pastors, one of the, one of the ladies in ministering counseling here, biblical counseling, you want to sit down, we're going to go through the Bible with you. And as the appointment comes through, we find out what the topic is, and the pastors and the gals that, that counsel here are already praying about it. They're already seeking God about it. They're already pulling books off their shelves to refresh their minds in Scripture. And they're looking through the passages so that by the time they come through their prayer and preparation, they kind of know what's going on, don't they? Already. And you're like, where did that come from? Well, they have a gift of teaching. 
We're just about out of time for this edition of Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Before we wrap things up, I do want to mention a few things that may be of interest to you. For those who would like to hear this study from Romans again, just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. We also have an app, and that's a great way to catch Abounding Grace when it's most convenient. Listen to us on your mobile device. You can download it for free when you search for Calvary Aurora. There's a lot that goes into making all this happen, as you might imagine, and we look to the Lord to provide and guide. And if He's leading you to take an active role in the ministry through either monthly support or a one-time donation, first of all, thank you. And second, we'd like to send you something as a tangible expression of our gratitude. When you give $25 or more, you're invited to request Don Stewart's excellent book, 25 Signs We Are Near the End. In these difficult days, many are wondering how close we are to the end. Well, Don Stewart looks to the Bible to help you answer that. He believes there are 25 signs that would suggest we are near the end, like the miracle of Israel's survival, the preparations being made to build the third temple. The stage is also being set for the Ezekiel 38 and 39 invasion. Read all about it in 25 Signs We Are Near the End. Just call 877-30-GRACE and we can take your request. Again, that's 877-30-GRACE. Tomorrow on Abounding Grace, we'll consider more on the important gift of teaching and how to identify and apply it. We hope you'll join us then when Pastor Ed Taylor returns to Romans. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.